Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. He's one of the most celebrated players in the storied history of Kentucky basketball. Scoring 41 points against Duke in the national championship game certainly helps to cement his name in the record books. In celebration of the 40th anniversary of the 1978 Kentucky Wildcats national championship team, episode 45 of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's, features that player. His name is Jack Givens, and he's also one of Lexington's favorite native sons. Jack grew up in Lexington and jumped right into the spotlight of the Big Blue Nation during his high school years, and we'll hear about what high school basketball was like in Lexington in the 70s. Playing basketball at the University of Kentucky wasn't Jack's only option, and we'll hear eventually why he decided to play basketball in UK. We'll revisit the late 70s and one of the best wins ever in Kentucky basketball. How good was it? The team needed a police escort. Can you imagine Oscar Combs and Jack Givens in New York City for the first time in 1976? We'll hear about the NIT championship run, and of course we'll hear about that epic run to the 1978 national championship. Over at UK during the 60s and early 70s, there were many great players to wear the blue and white. Dan Issel, Louis Dampier, Mike Pratt, Cotton Nash, and Mike Casey to name a few. And across town on the east side of Lexington, a goose was hatching. I'm Bo Robinson, and this is Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's, and his guest, Jack Goose Givens. Jack, every now and then, some of the lung millennials will come up, and where did Goose come in, Jack Givens? Mm -hmm. Tell us. Well, uh, the guys on my high school team... Uh, you know, they started calling me Goose after Goose Tatum, who played for the Harlem Globetrotters. The guys said I resembled him and resembled his style of play. Uh, and, of course, I didn't like it at the time, so that just made him call me it even more, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those – At what uh, age were you? Well, I, uh, it was probably my uh, uh, sophomore or junior year at Bryan Station when they started calling me that. By the time I was a senior, uh, everybody knew me as Goose. Um and, uh, um, you know, I, I mean, it's pretty funny because I was at uh, just not too long ago, maybe two months ago, I was at uh, out somewhere shopping, whatever. And uh, a gentleman came up to me and he looked at me and looked at me and looked at, of course, it's been 40 years ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, not everybody can come <laughs> up with the name immediately, you know, so. Uh, it's easier he, to come up with Goose than it is Jack Gibbons. Well, yeah, <laughs> but he looked at me and he said, man, you look familiar. Um, I said, uh, well, yeah, I said, my name is Jack Givens. And uh, he said, oh, no, I was thinking you were Goose Givens. He said, uh, he said uh, they used to have this guy, Goose, who I used to love to watch play, who played at Kentucky, but his name is Goose. Is he your brother? I said, well, no. I said, uh, I'm Goose. He said, no, you said you were Jack. <laughs> I said, well, 
you know, Goose is not on my birth certificate. He didn't understand <laughs> that. I said, I said, well, we're one and the same. So that's uh, that's kind of funny. But yeah, it, uh, one of those uh, things, the nickname just kind of stuck. And uh, most people know me now by Goose and not even Jack. Growing up in Lexington, mm-hmm. um, what was it like in grade school, high school? You play other sports? other? Yeah, I, I played baseball uh, up until my through my sophomore year in high school. I played one year at Bryan Station. Um, and, uh, you know, the summer between my uh, ninth and tenth grade year, I grew from like 5'9 to 6'3, you know. Uh, and once I, I, I grew, I decided to focus uh, primarily on, on basketball. But, yeah, I played baseball. I mean, when we were young, I mean, we, we grew up in the uh, housing project end of uh, Lexington. Uh, Espendale was uh, what it was called. We were in North Espendale. There was North and South. But, um, so that's where I grew up. And we played all day, every day that we could play at the parks, you know. And uh, that's where I got all my lessons from all the guys in the neighborhood who were older than me who could play a whole lot better than I could. You know, that's, that's how I got taught how to play basketball. You were growing up in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. In the early 70s, by the time you were in high school. Right. And uh, just the beginning of the Joe B. Hall era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, big time Lexington high school basketball. You got to play some games at the Coliseum. And right. Unlike today, you had packed houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Tell a me lot, about it. lot different now. I go to uh, high school games, and I, I, it's depressing to see how few people come to the games nowadays. I mean, we, as you know, we were sold out. Uh, standing room only every game and especially when we got together against one of the local uh the other lexington schools i mean i i don't care who we were playing the gyms were full uh which is quite different than they are now i i uh i think back on those days and i i really wish those days would come back because i know the players appreciate having a a packed house um it was it was just always great, and especially when we got to play at Memorial Coliseum. I mean, we uh, we just and the reason we started doing that, Oscar, is because you couldn't get enough people in the high school gyms. Right. They would have to turn thousands away, so and you we were had playing, to do something. And you were playing in front of crowds that were three to four times larger than many of the SEC schools were playing in front of. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, um, and it was really special. I mean, it, it was, uh, it was awesome to be able to do that. It was great to know because I, I tell coach Hall, uh, I say, coach, I was the easiest, uh, recruiting, uh, uh, assignment you ever had. And he says, what are you talking about? I said, well, every game I played in high school, particularly my junior and senior year, it didn't matter if it was hazard, if it was Clay County, if it was Lexington, if it was Montgomery County. It didn't matter. Everywhere we went, the, the stands were full of people wearing Kentucky blue and white. I said, so the message was loud and clear that people wanted James and myself, particularly since we were both from Lexington, but they wanted us at Kentucky. So he didn't have to do a lot of recruiting. Uh, the fans did that. Given that, did you consider any other schools at all during the recruiting process? Uh, well, my uh, second choice and the only other school I uh, seriously considered was Tennessee. And um, uh, the only reason that is, or the main reason it is, it's it's the only 
basketball camp. So we didn't have a lot of basketball camps back in the day, but it was the only basketball camp I ever went to was at the University of Tennessee. I, um, you know, I couldn't afford to fly to go anywhere. I, I mean, we didn't have a car, so um, I was able to get on a Greyhound bus and go from Lexington to Knoxville on a Greyhound bus. And uh, so, so that was doable. Um, I, I, I couldn't see myself going to UofL uh, only because they were UofL and I was from Lexington. So, uh, so Tennessee was the only other school I considered, uh, uh, really considered going to. I know you're looking at me and seeing me grinning what, yep. what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. But I, got, I have to ask you, how in the world could you sit in the same room and listen to Ray Mears for an hour? Well, I, I understand that now, but I didn't then. Um, uh, you know, and, and they had, uh, and you'll know, that's Stu yeah. Aberdeen. I mean, yes. that's, you know Stu. But he was the one that, uh, that really took me around and, and, and made sure I got where I wanted to go and where I needed to be. And, uh, uh, but Stu was, he was, uh, he was the one who really recruited me and, uh, coach Davis, who was down there at that time also, uh, he was, he was, uh, on me pretty, pretty strong as well. Came to a bunch of games and, uh, but Tennessee recruited me hard. They did. Um, but, uh, I, c I can't envision you riding a unicycle. Uh, no, that wasn't my job. <laughs> I was not going to take that on. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, but it was good being recruited. I, I uh, obviously got re uh, got letters and recruited from schools all over the country, uh, Oscar. But I was, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never been on a plane, and I was scared to fly, so I couldn't go anywhere. I I, I would have. Uh, matter of fact, I had. Uh, a week trip, I mean, we could stay, a, you could go on many trips as you wanted back then, and I had a, a week trip to, a uh, week-long trip to, I was going to start at Hawaii just simply because I'd heard of Hawaii. I, I don't know that, I didn't know anything about the school, but uh, everybody said, man, Hawaii is wonderful, you need to go there. Uh, but I had Hawaii, UCLA, and UNLV, those three schools scheduled on a trip, and I had the ticket and, and everything, and uh, but I, when I got to the airport, I was scared to get on the plane, so I turned around and came back home. Uh, so uh, I didn't do much, many visits. I, if I had it to do over again, that's one thing I would do differently. I would take some visits just simply because it would have been great to see some of those schools. When you came to Kentucky, uh, did you sign with Kentucky in the fall date or in the spring date? You know, I don't even remember if they had a fall in the spring. I, I just know when I finished school, I, I signed up with, in Kentucky. I, I signed with the University of Kentucky. I don't remember, and you might better than me. I don't remember well, they, if we they, had a fall they, date they, or not. They used to have uh, a fall day. They used to have what they call a conference letter of intent. Yeah, they did. That bound you to between the, the SEC, SEC, the yeah. ACC, and the old Southwest. Uh huh. And then you had a national letter after that. Yeah, and that's what I did. I, the I remember the, the national letter of well, intent. Yeah, go, Going back to that period, Coach Hall was here 72, 73 his first year, and everybody, well, we do since we're old enough, but some of the others may not know. But, you know, it was sort of an unevening, uh, unevening forced retirement on Coach Rupp, who mm -hmm. wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. And some of the players, you know, out of loyalty, wanted him to stay. And right. Coach Hall came in, and uh, he won the SEC 
title the first year. Right. And then the second year was 13 13. Mm hmm. So you're coming in at a time where a lot of people speculated that, you know, it's like Happy Channer famously once said after a coach had a big win, now you can unpack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe hadn't been told yet he could unpack right. even though he was here in Lexington. So that first, that freshman year, uh, you guys were coming in and the so-called super kittens were seniors. Right. But they went through a 13-13 year, their junior year, and – Basically, Kentucky was looking to solidify a mixture of freshmen and seniors mm -hmm. to take you to the promised land. Right. Uh, did, did that have any impact on you coming to Kentucky, or were you set on coming to Kentucky no matter what? Well, I, I was going to come to Kentucky. Um, I, I knew, once again, I, I wanted to stay close to home. I mean, my, my mom was here. We uh, there, there were uh, 10 kids, and, you know, I wanted to stay close to family. Um, and once again, I, I just didn't consider anywhere else. Um, but what I, what I saw was um, the couple of games I did see uh, that, uh, that year before I got here. I mean, I, I saw some guys who could play. They struggled some, no doubt. Didn't have a big man. Didn't have a big man. But I, I thought we would be good. You know, we came together uh, very quickly as a, as a team, uh, which started at that game up at IU where uh, they spanked us everywhere, every way we could be spanked. They beat us and beat us and, down. And added a little bit of a cherry to the topping at the end of the game. Yeah, when, uh, when, when uh, Coach Bobby Knight kind of uh, slapped Coach Hall in the back of the head, uh, as if to say you're you're talking way too much mm -hmm. in my building, and uh, that was a beatdown for us. That was uh, that was season changing. Uh, it was uh, my first game, my first road game that I remember, and it was a very hostile atmosphere uh, there in Bloomington. And uh, they were coming at us. Uh, I mean, they, they beat us back. And they were planning on going undefeated that year. And they were going on, going undefeated. Matter of fact, they were undefeated until we met them a second time in the mid in the uh, Mid East Regional Finals and uh, up at Dayton. And that's when we uh, gave them their only loss in two years. Their only the, loss. Two nights later, after the Indiana game. I mean, you didn't even have time other than just make a walkthrough mm -hmm. in between it. Perhaps the most important game that year for Joe Hall. Mm -hmm. Playing in Louisville, playing a team that Kentucky dearly loves to beat. Yep, yep, yep. We North were, Carolina. We were uh, uh, we did have enough time to watch the video of the of the Indiana game. You can bank on that. <laughs> uh, Coach Hall showed us uh, clips of that. Uh, I mean, we watched hours of video of that game, and. Um, you know, what we saw was that we did not play quite as hard as we would have, should have. Um, they they killed us on the inside, particularly Kent Benson against Rick Roby and Mike Phillips. Uh, he he just, he beat us, beat the big guys down. And we went into that North Carolina game, uh, obviously with a chip on our shoulder. And we were not going to let that happen again. And Rick Roby... Uh, he he beat Mitch Kupchak, who was the starting center for North Carolina. He beat Mitch Kupchak down. I mean, it was as physical a uh, 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 bad a beating that I've seen any player ever take in a game. 
But we we learned how to play in that North Carolina game. We made a big win, and then we just kept going from there. How 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 easy or difficult was it for freshmen and seniors to blend together? Because that was only the second year that freshmen could even play varsity ball back right. then. Well, I, I think they know they they knew they needed some help. They knew they needed us to come in and be effective. Uh, what was really, really neat was how they kind of adapted us in practice and kind of taught us how to play. I mean, Grevy and those guys were seniors. Uh, they knew that was their last time around, uh, and, and they knew they had to be better than they were the year before. Um, I, I just think they appreciated that we did not come in because we had some – highly heralded players on that team. I mean, Rick was probably the number one big man in the country. Mike was a good player. Uh, James and I were, were uh, pretty well known throughout uh, high school basketball coming into college. But we were willing to uh, accept and allow them to lead us. And, to, and, and we were hoping they would teach us how to play, which they did. But it wasn't very difficult. I mean, everybody knew their role. I mean, we, as freshmen knew that this was their team. This was the seniors' ball club. It wasn't our, our club. So we just kind of uh, jumped on board and let them drag us along. I mean, I was playing against Kevin Grevy, who at the time was the best, one of the best small forwards in college basketball. So in my mind, I was learning from the best, and he, he taught me how to play. You, you get to the tournament, you play Marquette uh, in the first round. I guess that was perhaps your first and only competition against Al McGuire. It was. Yeah, it was mine, yeah. my first and only. And uh, he, he was quite quite a character, and uh, he loved to get in other coaches' minds. Well, we kind of let uh, Coach Hall handle that. I mean, we didn't we didn't get into that. We just wanted to play basketball, and we wanted to keep keep going, have what we were doing. Um, that was our focus, just playing basketball and being the best we could be. What was the mindset? How was it different after that game? And you go up against Indiana. Scott May had broke his arm, mm -hmm. had come back, was trying to play in that game. I mean, he might have had a pad or something on yeah. it. But from, from the beginning of that game, it sort of seemed like everybody was on a mission. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Mike Flynn, being from Indiana, I guess had that little extra adrenaline flowing for him. Look, there were uh, in my career th that I can remember, there were two games in my whole career that I was content to sit back and watch. Uh, that Indiana game was won that year because for our seniors, that was a national championship game. For the way they beat us, beat us down uh, earlier that year, I mean, it was an opportunity to kind of save face uh, because it was that bad. And what happened, what kind of established how that game was going to be played is uh, Jimmy Dan and Mike Phillips, um, excuse me, Mike Flynn, who were seniors, before the game went up to the, ref, went up to the referees and said, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, the first moving screen with a high elbow, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be on, and you better just be ready for it. 
because we're not letting them do that. And if you're all not going to call it, we're going to do it. And sure enough, the game starts. Uh, they come across. I don't know if it was Green, if it was Wilkerson. I don't know who it was, Benson. But they set the screen, which they were famous for doing. Moving, getting the elbow up, catching you under your neck. And I think it was Bob Guyette who they set the screen on. And Bob Guyette and Benson got locked up right there. And the referees came in, broke it all up. And they told him again, we already told you. If you're not going to call this, we're going to take care of it ourselves. And from that time on, the referees called that. And that took them out of their offense. Gave us an opportunity to defend them like we needed to. And that kind of set the pace for the game. But uh, we were not going to – we might lose. But they're not going to beat us physically like they did earlier in the season. What was it like riding down I-75 that afternoon coming back to Lexington? Uh, It was unbelievable, Oscar. It was unbelievable. Every – I mean, you know, we we were met at the border right on the bridge by uh, Kentucky State Police. They were waiting for the bus. And as we, they saw us coming, they turned on the sirens, they cleared the whole road, the whole interstate. And we just cruised right down the middle of I-75 from, uh, from the bridge at Cincinnati into Kentucky all the way to the Coliseum. Everywhere we went, everywhere we looked out the windows, there were people holding signs. We'd go under uh, an overpass and there'd be people with signs and screaming and uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. One of the highlights of of the whole uh, of the, my whole college career was that bus ride back from uh, back from that game. It was it was just very special. You you go to San Diego, you beat Syracuse, you go up against UCLA, and in the 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 off day in between the two games, Coach Wooden announces he's going to retire mm-hmm. after the game. Um, I'll let you take it from there. Well, the first thing I, I, I remember about that weekend, uh, about the Final Four, was that for the seniors, those guys who had, were just coming off of that uh, win over IU, for them, I mentioned that was their championship game. And they did not play well in that game against Syracuse. Uh, matter of fact, I think I had 23, 25 or something like that in that game. So they, were, they didn't look at that the same way uh, that they looked at the Indiana game. But I mentioned there were only two games I was content to sit down, just sit back and watch. Now, I played in both of them, but the other one was the final game against UCLA. Uh, I was a freshman. It was obviously all new to me. Uh, but once again, for the seniors, this was kind of their game. And although I played and played fairly well um, in, in both of those games, I knew it belonged to them. So, uh, but but yes, with Wooden uh, retiring, uh, it kind of put a diff- whole different light on the game. It was uh, obviously um, motivated UCLA, plus the fact that the game was in San Diego, which was you come down 405 and, and you're there. I mean, it's what, an hour and a half or so, so like drive. like Kentucky playing in Freedom Hall. Kentucky playing in Freedom Hall, kind of the same thing with a whole lot more traffic. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was the setting. And I think, I really think it had an effect on the officiating in that game, because as you know, uh, there were some times when coach Wooden 
walked all the way out in the court and um, chewed out the officials and didn't get the technical foul called. So I think it affected a lot with that game. I do think had we played that game somewhere else, the outcome might have been different. We go on to 76, and it's a rebuilding year of sorts because you lost those four seniors. Uh, I'll start by getting early into the season. You're not expect you you've knocked Indiana out of the perfect season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going for another perfect season, right? And you play them at Freedom Hall, and you come within a whisker of giving them their only defeat that year. Although yep. they go on, yeah. How do you remember that game? Well, first thing I'll say uh, is uh, we didn't lose just four seniors. We lost like seven seniors. I mean, we had a lot of experience on that team before with G.J. Smith and Jerry Hale and Locke and all of those guys. I mean, we had a lot of experience. So we were, in a lot of ways, starting over. And then uh, um, coming off of a NCAA championship, I mean, we went the whole summer, and I don't know that any writer, any anybody, particularly local, said one bad word about anybody on that team. Back, so, in, the, back in that period – it seemed like schools without the one and done. Like you sort of geared up for peak runs, and then when you had that peak run, whether you won it all or not, it was back to rebuilding for two or three years. That's later. right. That's right. Uh, and and we were going through that. But uh, but you know we 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 lost a lot of people on that team, and you got to understand uh, uh, that year. And the Indiana game was great. I, fr- frankly, I don't remember a whole lot about it because we ended I think up you, losing I, it. I think, you I think had it a, was an overtime game maybe, or yeah. at least we had them down the stretch and they made a couple of plays to win it. They had a, uh, Larry Johnson took a shot. Maybe he said he would never take again if he uh-huh. had it because yeah. there was no clock and right. you were up one. Right. But there was a rebound that literally went up there and just fell through the bucket that sent in an overtime. Right, exactly. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, it was good. But, you you know, we were 10-10 and 10 that season before and, we went to the NIT. We were 10-10, and, 10, and, and we were looking at going 13-13, and 13, which had been done a couple of years before, and obviously we didn't want to go through that. And I think at the 10-10 and 10 point, I think Roby went out with uh, injury. Well, yeah, you know, I'm not real big on – team meetings because usually nothing gets done in a mm-hmm. team meeting uh, a lot of talk and and but nothing else yeah but we did have a meeting we were 10 and 10 coach hall was obviously about to blow a gasket he was uh, on us and we just decided that okay we got to go go back to uh, playing how we played last year getting tougher and defending and uh, sharing the basketball, all the things that we need to do to win games. And you're right, Roby went out uh, about that time, uh, tore his knee, uh, a ligament, and he went out. So we had to come together. And and at that time, I think they were only taking 32 teams to the NCAA. 32, and, and one from each conference, uh, yeah. some of the conferences at that time. Yes, and so you get down to the last game of the season, you're 15 and 10. Yep. You're playing host to Mississippi State, which is going to be the last game, the last Memorial game in Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. And if you lose that game, you probably don't get invited to the NIT. That's probably true. And, and you're down six with a minute 32 to go. Without a three-point line. Without a three-point line. Yeah, and we've somehow – I mean, a lot of uh, – uh, I mean, and I still attribute that win to the – 
uh, basketball gods that were floating around uh, the top of uh, Memorial Coliseum because there's no way we should have won that game. Um, I, I mean, but every play that had to be made got made. I mean, and you don't have time with no shot clock and with no three-point uh, 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 shot. You, don't, you have to do everything right to be able to survive a game like that. Uh, and and Jodine, who actually was an assistant coach on our championship team, he was so excited. Um, he ran over to their radio. He was with Mississippi State. He was he ran over to their radio and said, "Hey, we came here and we beat Kentucky in their last game and during uh, a timeout during with a, a minute time to go, with a right. minute to go, and uh, and we did come back and win that. That was ninety four uh, to ninety three in overtime. In overtime. So that was uh, that was a tremendous game." Uh, to be able and, to win. And then you go to New York, mm-hmm. and no one is really expecting you to more or less maybe win one. But I know I went up with an alumni group. Uh, my wife and I were in Hazard at the time, mm-hmm. and Ray Hornbeck talked and going. He said, now, we're going up. We're going to leave on Wednesday. They play on Thursday. If they win on Thursday, they play on Saturday. We're coming back Sunday morning because mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to win more than two. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of team meetings, uh, we had, after we uh, won that Mississippi State game, uh, uh, that last game of the year, uh, after we won that, uh, we had another team meeting. And this is one reason why uh, I don't think much about team meetings. Uh, you know, I, somebody says they had a team meeting, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've been in enough of those to know that ain't nothing getting done there. But we, um, we had a team meeting, and they were talking about us media was talking about us going to the NIT. Well, in our team meeting, we decided as a team that we were going to tell Coach Hall we didn't want to go to the NIT. Is it, is it true? Because I've heard several people say they were either one or two of the players who had already left for spring break. Well, there were some that were making plans to go spring okay. break. Now, i got to tell you a secret. Now, you won't you – won't, We won't tell anybody. You this. won't know this, okay. but I'm going to tell you a secret, just you and me. Okay. You know um, – I had never uh, been to Florida because, you know, my tan is in pretty good shape. <laughs> so I didn't have any reason to want to go to Florida. You know, I was ready to just get out of there, man, and get it over with. Um, so we decided we were going to not go to the NIT. What we didn't understand was that Coach Hall didn't give us an option. Uh, you know, so that blew that team meeting out of the water, you know. As, but we did go, and it was a great trip. Of course, we had never – I'd never been to New York City. I mean – and after the first couple of days and just walking around, looking up at how tall the buildings were, we kind of got adapted to that. And we were there for a week. Now they don't – they play the NIT. Right. They don't – That was my first trip to New York final. City too. Yeah. And uh, so when the group came back on Sunday morning, I called and said, hey, we're going to stay here for the long haul. Yeah. So they got, they got us a new set of uh, flat uh, tickets uh-huh. for later on. Uh-huh. But – you had an opportunity. This was back the time when people were complaining about Kentucky and Louisville not meeting. And you were supposed to meet them in the second round, but uh, they didn't do their end of the bargain. They did not. And, you know, in the, in the NCAA finals, my freshman year, Louisville was in that in the championship. Uh, they they lost to UCLA in missed, that one. A guy that had been perfect on free throws the whole season. The whole season. Missed two free throws. And uh, so we would have played Louisville that year as well. Uh, but once again, we we were just wanting to max out on that opportunity. 
And we played some good teams along the way, uh, beat Cedric Maxwell, Cornbread Maxwell, and uh, UNC Charlotte, who had a coach that you know. Um, so we you we know. had two coaches that we knew. Yeah, Lee, yeah, Rose, Lee Rose and Mike Pratt. And Mike Pratt. Yeah. They both were there. Yeah, uh, uh, coaching that team. So it was special, special for all of us. But uh, you know that winning the NIT um, and and really having to spend a week together as a team kind of set us up for the rest of our those last two years. There's no question about it. Well, let's get into 76-77 year. Uh, your first year in Rupp Arena, mm-hmm. a lot of adjustment things there. Right. right. But uh, you, you take care of business pretty good other than I think that may have been not so good um, – UKIT that year seemed to me like that was. Uh... Yeah, we might have uh, we might have lost the NIT uh, that year. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but there uh, were a couple of players that didn't start. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I think Levon and maybe Freddie started one of the games there. But you, you you got into the season and things started coming around, and you were really playing good ball. Except one thing, the. Rupp Arena was going to be the host for the Mideast Regional that year. Mm-hmm. And the SEC would be placed there. Right. And you guys lost Ernie and Bernie both times. You both t- times. You tied them for the championship. Right. But by, vert- by virtue of beating you twice, they got to come to Rupp, and you had to go to the East Regional. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, – that obviously uh, was was pretty good, pretty big deal, uh, the fact that we uh, we weren't able to uh, to play there. At Rupp Arena, but um, you know it was it was uh, just a great opportunity for us. I mean, I think that team, uh, and especially if uh, uh, you know Macy had to sit out that year, but if we had Macy on that team, Cal Macy with Larry Johnson, who was the other starting guard, who would have been the point guard, which would allowed. Macy to be able to run off of some of the screens and uh, and and shoot the basketball and not have to handle mm-hmm. the ball all the time and make sure everybody else got shots. Uh, that would have been the best team by far uh, while we were there. You 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 had probably your one and only appearance in one of the greatest venues of all time. First game in the uh, tournament that year, and that was playing at the Palestria. Palestria, yeah, yeah. What a glorified high school gym. It, that's all that was, man. That was uh, that was about as bad as you get for a college. It might, well, the old gym at Florida. You remember the old uh, Alligator Alley? Alligator Alley. Yeah, yeah. You know that was another high school gym that yeah. might have been a little bit worse than that one, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a good experience. It was uh, basketball rich. As far as the history goes, mm-hmm. all those Philadelphia teams had played in that building, and and there was just a lot of basketball history there. So it was good to be able to play there. But uh, I think that we played Princeton uh, yes. that year, yes, and we had to really struggle to get. Yes, it get, was a close game. It was a close game. They slowed it down and did their backdoor cuts, all the stuff they do. You didn't feel you were going to lose, but you just couldn't put them away we like you wanted. Yeah, we were kind of in control the whole game, but man, that was that was. I still remember that game as being tough. You go down to College Park, mm-hmm. and you wind up in the lead eight with North Carolina, and you know they're going to the four corners yep. if they get the lead. And they went to the midway in the first half. Well, they got a lead on us, um, and uh, 
you know, that four-corner offense they ran with Phil Ford was, was very effective for what they wanted to do. I mean, they ran it, ran it, kept the ball out, and, and uh, I just hoped that the defense fell asleep so they could get some money break into the basket for an easy one. Um, I still think that kind of helped us that year that they went to final. Because someone, some people court. in trouble? Because we had foul trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah, we had foul trouble. I know Roby was in foul trouble. Maybe Phillips was in foul trouble. So we needed – it was good that they slowed it down because it kind of helped us to keep guys on the floor. Um, but it was a tough game. It was a, a tremendously uh, uh, hurtful loss for us. You, you, you got it down to one or two, and yep. then you had that block charge with Kuster and yeah, Larry yeah. Johnson. I still, I still think it was a charge. Well, I do too. Uh, uh, I mean, and, and it, certainly he was in position. Uh, that's always a tough call. But, uh, you know, we felt like it should have gone the other way. It didn't. They make free throw us uh, two, and, and then we end up losing the game. But uh, I tell you, after that game, going into the next season, the championship season, I mean, from that game on, we dedicated ourselves as a, as a team from top to bottom uh, that we were going to come back and we were going to work over the summer and we were going to win a championship that next year. I mean, that loss is where it started. And, and without question, when you went into that 77, 78 season, you had the addition of Macy, who was there the previous year, but like you said, red-shirted. And you got off to start, and you only had a couple burps the entire season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I always look back at it, you may have not won the title if you hadn't had those couple burps, because it's very difficult. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. two or three teams go – to try to go undefeated. Right, right. And uh, the first burp was in Baton Rouge. Yep, yep. We lost that game, uh, and I think all maybe all five starters. Uh, all five started had fouled out. For LSU, LSU had fouled out of the game. Kenny Higgs was on that team. Uh, was Rudy, Rudy, Mac- Rudy was on that Rudy team. Macklin was on Dwayne that team. Dwayne Scales was and on that Scales team. Scales was on that team. They had a really, really good team. Yeah. Uh, but they they fouled out, and, and uh, all of those guys fouled out, and but for some reason, they were able to stay in the game. Um, but, yeah, we lost down there. Did that go to overtime? That might have been even an overtime uh, loss. I, 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 uh, I know that Macy had a shot at the end. I think it might have been, too. Yeah. But we go up to Oxford. Yeah. Fly into Memphis, bus down to Oxford mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Right. Early Sunday morning. And uh, you have a practice that afternoon. You're on the bus. I think it was Dwayne, maybe, and Freddie. And you're supposed to be on the bus at 1 o'clock. And you got about 15 seconds to 1, and they come out of the Holiday Inn Hotel, yep. walking toward the bus. Joe turns to the driver and says, shut the door and let's go. And he said, well, Coach, you got a couple of breaks. I said, shut the D-A-M-N door, let's go. <laughs> he shut it, and you yeah. all drove off. And if it was Freddie and, and Dwayne, it was, they uh, got Fitzmorse, yeah. our sports writer, uh-huh. to drive them to the arena and beat the bus there. Yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, more like uh, five minutes till one. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as close. That close to one. Uh, one o'clock. Uh, when but he was in. And we were going to- over for the shoot around. Um, and um, uh, to have a practice, well, to He's practice, practice yeah. uh, going over to practice. And, um, yeah, they were coming out a little bit later than he wanted because Coach Hall's thing was if you're 
if you get there at the time we're supposed to leave, you're, you're late. late. Yes. You know, if now you're the not next, there 15 minutes before, you're late. He was still bruising. Oh yeah, from yeah. the game. From the game. He the next he was, morning, on on the bus trip down, he sat next to Bill Reed on the bus and gave Billy's story. And the next morning, the Curry Journal headlines: It was Givens, Roby, Gutless, Dash, Joe B. Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the story always come around when he was upset at a player too that didn't really take the criticism well. He would turn to two that could. And yet, the message would be understood by everybody. Yeah, he—he he, uh, that was kind of his uh, mo. He would uh, uh, pick a guy who on the team, and usually it was the captain. Usually it was whoever was the captain, uh, uh, the quote-unquote leader, uh, who he would—he uh, would, uh, would uh, kind of jump. You got to carry the cross, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, my freshman year, Kevin Grevy was that guy, who who was our best player, and uh, Coach Hall just kind of let him have it uh, all the time, and uh, uh, which was – I didn't know. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> see what Grevy had done so bad, but um, that's kind of the way he was. And it, it came to Roby and I because we were seniors, um, and he would let us have it uh, in that case. Um, and there were a lot of times when um, I thought I'd played a halfway decent game but Coach Hall would jump on us. But it was a message that he was directing at myself or at Roby, more so than not my, me. But it was really to, the guy, to everybody on the team. And basically he was saying, I want you to know that nobody has got a free ride here, not even my captain. That's right. And everybody got the message. Yeah. Everybody got the so message. So you, you play Ole Miss, you win with 10 or 12. He makes something like 23 substitutions. Yeah, in the, the first the, half. The first half. Yeah. And, and you go on from there, and it's pretty setting until you get to the tournament and you're in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. You're playing Florida State. Right, right, right. And a lot of people – in fact, he even is, was quoted in uh, – not quoted, but said in one of the podcasts of me. He said, when I started the second half and told him who was starting, said when the team left the rock, locker room – he said, I turned to Dick and I said, Dick, I may have just ended my job here. <laughs> yeah, he, he was not happy with the way we played. So second half, uh, a few of us who normally start didn't start. I think Roby and myself and, and uh, maybe TC, Truman Clater, he didn't start the three of us. He started Freddie and LaVon and Dwayne uh, and Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Uh, we were down seven, eight yeah, points. You, you knew uh, at that point in time, he already knew that 40 years later – Casey's going to be making $7 million a year coaching. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwayne's doing pretty well at Toronto. Not just making a lot of money, but he's got a team that's winning games. Yes. And you know what? He's a coach of the Eastern Conference All-Stars. Yeah, he'll he'll be coaching that team this year. So, uh, yeah, so so he started those guys. We were down seven or eight. Uh, They got us back into the game, uh, maybe tied it up uh, over the first – 10, 12 minutes. I don't know what time, how much time was left when we finally. I think y'all went, went in about five in. minutes in. Well, yeah, I think so too. But yeah. Coach Hall corrected me a couple of days ago and said, "No, it was more time off well, the clock than that." He wasn't that bold for ten minutes, maybe <laughs> five, but not ten. <laughs> I, I thought so too, but uh, he did put us back in. But that unit that started yes. got us back in the game, yeah. got the momentum back on our side, and then we just had to come in and clean up things and. 
Um, and and we ended up winning eight or nine points, I guess. Yeah. So so you, again, perhaps the greatest venue in your four years here, other than Rupp Arena, was a Dayton Arena again. Yep. Yep. You we, go up and you end up playing Magic in the lead eight. Yep. Yep. We um, we did. We had uh, a game against uh, Michigan State in the finals. They obviously was a great team. I mean, they they were just a really really. Uh, good group of players. Uh, and uh, Cal Macy was kind of the, the man in that game. He made some huge uh, free throws down the stretch. I mean, we normally, if we went to zone defense, we normally played a 1-3-1. Uh, that game, we, we and we hadn't played it much. I think we went to a 3-2 defense because they were, uh, with magic penetrating and all, you know, uh, with three of us out front, it made it more difficult for him to get to the basket. And they couldn't make shots um, while we were making a few shots and, and making some free throws. And Macy was kind of uh, holding the ball, and we are doing a high pick and roll with him. So he was able to come off of those screens, get into the paint. He got fouled a number of times and made his free throws. So we ended up beating Magic and those guys. Uh, you go to St. Louis, uh, you take care of business in the first game. And then you end up playing Duke and cutting the nets down. Uh, I don't guess you seniors and you could have ended your career in any better fashion. Uh, we couldn't have written a better script, uh, for sure. I mean, uh, you play and you play and you play and you practice and you practice and you practice and uh, you get hurt, you get hit, you get everything can happen to you over the course of a career. To have an opportunity to, number one, be in the final game as a senior is, is hugely special. But then to win that um, is, is, uh, makes it an unbelievable um, way to end your career. I mean, it, uh, it, it, it's what our reunion weekend is all about. I mean, we're still celebrating opportunities to get together. Every milestone that comes, we try to get together as a team and um, – Winning that championship was definitely the uh, the way to go out. And the MVP on top of it. They call it MOP now. Yeah. I still say most valuable player. I don't like the, you know, the, the term MOP. Yeah, I, I'm, most I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was obviously for me a, a tremendous game. Uh, the way to, that I would, if I had to write a script, uh, other than winning being the top line, uh, having a good game would be right under that, and that's the way it happened. And you even cleaned windows that night. <laughs> I did a little bit of everything. <laughs> the one off the glass is almost like the basketball gods that showed up with you at the end of the Memorial Coliseum era. Yeah. It was right yeah, there with you. It's hard to shoot that thing from the corner and still be able to hit the corner of the backboard and have it go in. That doesn't happen very often. I tell people it takes a whole lot of practice to get that shot to go, but uh, once again, just you and me, nobody else listening. That was a lot of luck. <laughs> Thanks to Jack Givens for taking the time to tell his story on this episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs. We'll have more from Goose in an upcoming episode, but if you would like to relive some more memories of the 1978 National Championship team, take a listen to Episode 4 with Kyle Macy or Episodes 9, 10, 11, and 12 with the coach of the 1978 National Championship team, Coach Joe B. Hall. All episodes of Conversations can be easily accessible through oscarcombs.com, or if you're on the go like me 24-7, you can always subscribe and download Oscar's podcast to your mobile device through the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Just search for at Wildcat News and subscribe. 
I'm Bo Robinson, thanking you for listening to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's. And as always, go Big Blue.